Hello, and welcome back to our next episode of Stressless Lifestyle Podcast. It's been a few weeks. It's been quite a few weeks, actually. I try to go at least once a week, but um, I've got a new thing that I want to talk with you guys about. It's not new. If you've been a client of mine in any shape or form, you know that I am fully based in all things proven and all things reality, and I'm fully authentic. But I wanted to shift the narrative a little bit about coaching, training, trainers, titles, things like that. So I am what I call a reality-based trainer. Now, I absolutely get annoyed when people make stuff up, like literally make up things. And sometimes you, you've got to make stuff up, so it's fine. But this is just more descriptive way of how I train people and at my philosophy on life and fitness and nutrition. And I've been calling myself this, you know, every a lot of people say we're science-based and yes, I'll get there, um, but I'm more, I like to encompass it with this reality-based trainer or coach. I don't know. You think coach is better or trainer is better? I don't, I don't know. Coach is what we do, um, but that term, like everyone uses the word coach, <laughs> but I have a trainer, but I also do nutrition and it is um, something that I love to do. And I've stepped away from doing just nutrition through Stress Less for the last couple months. I have not done, you know, informative reels or informative social media posts or even newsletters. I've not really done any of that because I wanted to focus more on fitness and things in life go back and forth. Just like I say, we're, we cycle through our nutrition. We go through fat loss phases and gaining phases and maintenance phases and, you know, women cycle. You've heard, you've heard a whole podcast on cycling. So life cycles and your career cycles too. So why can't mine, right? Like, so my, my career cycles and I go back and forth between the nutrition focus in business, not like on my clients or myself, but just what I focus on. I do this by myself. So what I focus on for marketing and for the message I want to send, I can't do it all. I just can't. I don't know if that's just me, the ADHD aspect of my brain or, um, or the fact that no one does that. I don't know. I just know, I just know who I am. And so I do flip flop back and forth between what I focus on in education and newsletters and, and what I do and how, what kind of clients I'm looking for. And so I did go back to just fitness, no really marketing or educating on, um, nutrition, except for the clients I had, I shut down taking clients. And if you've gone to the website lately, you'll see, I haven't taken any nutrition clients unless someone was a referral. I did take two um, new ones just via, via referral only, and it felt good. It honestly feels really good. I really miss running and growing a business. I, I mean, my business is, always needs to grow, but um, maybe this will be another topic for another time. But I do love that inception of ideas and things. And so I flip flop back to fitness because now I'm going back to in-person fitness. I mean, I haven't done that since, since six years. I did group fitness. A few group gyms here hired me to do some group training, but that's never been my thing. It's where I started. It's where most of us start, but that's not where I love. I love one-on-one. -on -one. I owned a one-on-one -on -one gym. We did small group training. That's my specialty. I'm doing a speech on that for a whole bunch of trainers coming up next month, but I like one-on-one -on -one or really tiny, small group. And so I went back to that. Now, what do I mean when I say reality-based? And that's what I'm trying to get to is that I've always said, and so many of us say we are, you know, science-based information, um, understanding what is true and what's not true out there. And I think where I'm going with this, when I'm going to tie this all back together is that I got really, really done with the, um, online information space and how much stuff is not necessarily super duper fake, but not proven in, in the general sense. Um, not 
um, realistic for 98% of the people in the world and also completely untrue. There's so much information being thrown out there just via people will stand there and tell you something that's absolutely not true and not proven. Um, and even if it is slightly proven in like five to 10 people, remember a good study is like 50 or more people. Even when I'm looking at studies for my own stuff, my own kids or our own life, if a study is tiny and some people here, I know some of you have sent me studies and like that study was only in rats or that was like a study of 20 people. Like it's not, it is a good start, but it's not a place for me to then put that information out for the whole world. It's not enough. It's just not enough. And so science-based, when you hear that a lot, I've said that how, you know, science-based is, is that it's proven for now. And I hope you guys understand that science is not set in concrete. You should all know that, right? You have a hypothesis, you prove it, you disprove it. And then that from that hypothesis, you then make another hypothesis and then prove or disprove that one. Like it's never ending. So science, yes, you have a conclusion, but that conclusion is of that particular study purpose, meta-analysis, and then you move on and do another one from that. So science-based means we're, I'm, I'm using information that is now proven for now, maybe it'll change. And if it does change, then I'll change right? You can't be so rigid in how you live. You can't just say, well, this says this, and I'm going to do this forever. Like when they said eggs were so, so bad for you, what was it in like the seventies and eighties? Don't eat all these eggs are bad for you. Your cholesterol is going to skyrocket. And then they've changed that. The problem is so many doctors have not changed their thought on that. And a lot of people still think that they still think that eggs are so bad for you and no one should eat all these eggs. That's not true. They proved that eggs had high cholesterol. Yes, that was proven. Then someone said, hmm, how does that actual cholesterol from the egg affect the human body? They did a different study and found out, oh my gosh, it doesn't actually change the individual's cholesterol as much as we thought. Yes, they are high cholesterol. That was proven. But then we disproved the fact that it will change and increase every single person's cholesterol drastically. So flip that a little bit, change it based on the new results. And now eggs are okay for you. It's not that someone's like, oh, we, we were just going to change this because it benefits us. It doesn't always benefit everyone. Like it just changed. You learned something new and they changed it. And that's what I mean by science-based. But I also really, really focus on reality-based because let's say, and here's something, science proves that when you have too much water, you can die, right? People have died from too much water. It's you can drown yourself by drinking entirely too much. That's proven. But the reality is that doesn't happen often enough for me to say, you really shouldn't drink that much water. Like that's really dangerous. Like that water is dangerous for you. Like, I'm not going to say that because it's not that true. In reality, the people, for example, if any of you, and a lot of you are from where I'm from, and there was a, a what was it? A radio station had done a, challenge is a gallon of water drinking challenge and someone doing that challenge died right because they drank it in a very very short amount of time just one gallon and it was just a few minutes right 30 minutes something like that and the woman died so yes it is toxic and it could kill you but you are not out here chugging a gallon of water in 20 minutes that's not realistic that's not reality that is not your daily reality it's not going to happen to like all of any of us there's maybe two or three more people in our lifetime that might happen to, but it's not reality to say, well, because one person died from that way over much, you shouldn't have water. Like that's dangerous. It's toxic for you. No one says that. No one says that. So when it comes to other ingredients in food, 
then why would you still believe that that's super toxic or that's bad for you when it's not totally realistic or proven that it's there, it's it's there, right? That that's the toxicity levels that are gonna hurt you. So from that grand look at things, I like to say, okay, it's my job to tell people what is true, what is not true, what is correct, and what will work for that individual in their life, in their lifestyle, in their body and how they live and what they like and what they don't like. So if someone comes and says, I don't eat seed oils, cool, show me the data first. Um, also you could also just increase your omega-3s and be just fine because it's about a balance and you, most people are probably over in omega-3s anyways, because they forget omega-6s are also beneficial and okay. Tangent and omega-3s are good. It just has to be a ratio. Anyways, if you don't eat that, that's fine. Totally fine with me, but I'm not going to go tell someone don't eat omega, don't eat seed oils. Cause I don't know, sunflower seeds are great for you. And as long as you eat them in even oil in it from them is fine. As long as it's not ultra processed and you're only using that only you're going to, if you eat salmon, you're fine. Omega threes, switch it up, like balance it out. So it's not my job to say, don't eat that. Da, 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 da. I will tell you what is real in reality and also what you can do in your life. Let's say someone is, you know, low budget Christmas is coming up, um, holidays come up and you've got to save money. You want to buy more and more and bigger presents or whatever you want to do, a travel. And so they're like, you know what? I'm not going to go buy the $18 oil. I'm going to buy the $5 oil. Cool. That's your choice. And you get to do that. And I will not tell you what you can or can't do. I will tell you how it can affect you and how it'll fix, how it'll affect your workouts and your nutrition, fat loss, muscle gain, whatever. Science of things is what I know what's proven, what can be disproven, or what is in the process of being proven. Let me tell you, I spent all weekend, and I'm hyper-focused, we know this. Even at the soccer game, one of the soccer games this weekend, I was hyper-focusing on studies. I probably read three studies and not the abstract. I read the entire thing, and I had asked Steve every once in a while what this one certain thing was, and he's like, I'm busy watching soccer. So I do read studies. I will tell you, he will tell you, I read studies um, for fun, I think. And they are always changing and that's why I love it. So I will always tell you what I know. I will look for what I don't know. And I'm not going to tell someone, well, you shouldn't have too much of this because it's not good. Or you need to only eat something that's $10,000 a month to eat because it's super duper healthy for you. Like if that's not realistic for you, then don't do it. Or for example, let's take it way back. You cut out carbs. Is that realistic for you for long-term? No. I mean, not if you, if you, maybe, maybe you're some of the, you know, 2% out there who can stay low carb forever. Now, if it's health driven, like you have um, seizures or there's a medical condition that requires low carb ketosis, then of course that's a different reason why you're, why you need to be in ketosis. And that's a driving factor to stay there. But if you're like, I just want to lose weight, I'm going to count all the carbs because people say that. Um, that's not realistic for long term. If you ever want a glass of wine, if you ever want, a beer. If you ever want one slice of pizza, you're already knocked out of ketosis. And you do that once a month, you're just going back and forth. Why, why do that? Why not live where you can live in a way that's long-term? And so that's where I come in and say, okay, what's realistic for you? Is it realistic to spend extra money on all these extra healthy, you know, healthy seeming groceries? Cool. Perfect. That's you. If you're like, I just want to eat what's right for my body, know the good and the bad, you know, what's good with foods and not, not good foods and what's healthy and what's not healthy. Um, and then how can I eat this way and sustain my life in my lifestyle within my 
way of living within my budget, within how I live, you know, if you travel or don't travel, like that is real reality. So I eat in and out. We literally eat in and out once a week. I don't always get it. I might get French fries every time or a burger or French fries or both because that's something that girls love to do with my husband is go get it, bring home. I'm telling you, one of my kids only literally eats a patty because she's got, you know, she can't have some of the food <laughs> allergy things. But yeah, it's, we do eat that. And people are like, ooh, fast food. Okay, well, science doesn't say that's going to kill you, especially what only once a week, especially for people who are all trying to gain. <laughs> all four of us are trying to gain right now. Um, it's, it's not proven and it's not within my lifestyle to cut out in and out right? It's not. It's also not in my lifestyle to not go get delectable treats from a bakery. We love that cafe. We love brunch. We, we love that. Um, and so I'm not going to cut that out. And some people might think, see what we eat and say, oh, well, that's just, ugh, those are full of chemicals. And those are, well, in my world, in my reality, that works for me. We're not unhealthy. We got our blood tested all the time. All of us, we're all, all of our markers are perfect, right? So yeah, we know that about ourselves. So I don't, want someone to go and think that I'm going to tell you, you should have this or you should have that. And it's not realistic. So I calling myself is it's not new, but I'm saying it out loud. It's the reality based trainer, a reality based nutrition coach, because it is definitely based in, in science and in proven things, proven results. And, um, but also in what can help you. So they may have proven that a certain substance, some sort of, you know, sugar substitute is unhealthy in mass quantity. You gotta look at the quantity. Some of it's like 20,000 pounds is toxic for a certain one. We're never gonna have that much. And so I will tell you that exact result, but then in your life, if that's what you wanna consume, that's what you consume. It's realistic. It's not realistic for me to say, don't eat something that you want. I'll, you know, so, that's kind of how I like, and, and all my clients, uh, not everyone carb cycles. So I, that's kind of where this came from is that I've got so many people because I did stop with, um, you know, marketing and, and pushing the nutrition side of my business for a while. Um, I'm only with my one-on-one -on -one clients and the members that have stuck around with me and not, and they've all been here for many years or come back and, um, not everyone carb cycles. And some people, have asked and I'm like, of course you have the carb cycle because there are so many options to how you eat. And I think people forget, like I am reality-based. If it's not in your reality to carb cycle, then don't. <laughs> I still do your macros. You pick the ones you like and you stick with it. We've got people doing it right now, right? Some of you know, carb cycling is, it's too much to think about. It's too much decision fatigue for you and it's not there. I have been to the extremes in my life. I have gone to massive lengths to lose body fat for competition, which asterisks ruined my hormones for a very long time. So people look at me now and are like, you've never had issues. Oh yes, I have. I have had hormonal issues, been borderline three different things over time, but I've done all of that hardcore working out. I've done the hardcore nutrition and I'll tell you, it is hard to come back from. And that is another reality. That's my like number two reality is that I understand what's hard to come back from. So number one reality might be that I know what you need to be for long-term. Like I'm realistic in what takes you, what it takes for you to live this way long-term. But also I understand the reality of people who've tried to lose weight forever and done the wrong thing. And 
done it incorrectly for so long or have done it so drastically for so long, I understand the reality of trying to pull yourself out of that. So I never had issues um, with food or anything like that prior to competing. And I competed only postpartum. I never competed before I had kids. I competed in sports, but um, I was always trying to lift weights for muscle gain started in my sophomore year in high school. I always lifted. Um, I was always fun with my food. I watched what I ate for health and I ate always a ton of protein. I did nutrition during my undergrad for um, a couple different trimesters. So I, I had always that on my mind, of course, but I never was extreme. And then I got into competing and I did it for five years. I did well. I have to say I got a lot of medals and trophies. I've had a couple of first places. It was always fun. But man, that backlash of being extreme on the body. My body took a couple of years to come back from that. But I'll tell you what my brain, my brain took a lot longer. And I think that's why I have a lot of clients that stick around with me is because they're understanding like, oh, it's not just seven weeks. Jumpstart is seven weeks to get into it. But there's a lot of time that it takes to get your brain and your emotions and your mental state around food and nutrition and how that all fits together in your own life and for your body. It's a long process to undo anything you've learned. So I'll tell you, it. I, there was a couple of years in there where I was still coaching carb cycling. I was coaching nutrition clients. I was doing seminars at various gyms outside of my own gym for nutrition. And I was telling everyone about logging and tracking. And yeah, that's, that's normal. You need to know that stuff. But I wasn't doing it personally. I was still carb cycling. I just wasn't tracking everything. I just tracked my protein because tracking, and there was a time in, the, in that time that even opening up my tracking app was, ugh. So I would write it down instead because I'm, I'm a data-driven person. So the data aspect kept me going, but I didn't want to open my app. And I got to a point where I was like, okay, I'm, I understand what my food portions should look like. And I know my body is not going to function the way I need it to, or the way it should, because I'm a little broken from all that hormonal imbalance, but I needed to track my protein. I needed to just stop tracking everything else. And so it took time, but I, within that time, I was able to do my carb cycling and stay, you know, within a healthy range. And so I do know it took me about, I was probably a good year or two that I didn't really track much. And then of course, uh, halfway through COVID. So, you know, after in 2020, the beginning, I was tracking just fine. Then you get decision fatigue, kids are home from school for, you know, we chose extra homeschool and stuff. So I didn't track much and I definitely didn't carb cycle. All my clients were carb cycling at that time. I think it helped a lot of people be able to eat more and eat less of some things and more of others during that time. But I didn't, I was staying with the exact same macros the entire time because in reality, in my world, carb cycling was not helpful. The carb cycling helped me get out of that hormonal craziness I was in that I couldn't track because I didn't like even tracking because tracking to me was related to competition and fitness competition. And it was relating me to only losing fat. So then I stopped tracking. Then I started tracking again in terms of gaining muscle. And then COVID hit and I just was eating the same thing every day. So, um, cause for me, that was just better for my, my mindset. And then I tracked again for gaining muscle. And I finally was able to, and that's years. I mean, I stopped competing. My last competition was 2015, 2015. My daughter was nine months, 10 months old. Um, and the time it took me to be comfortable tracking again was until 2018, 19, I guess, um, tracking without that thought of only losing fat. And so if you were out there and you're like, I hate tracking because I did it for that reason. Like, I get that. 
You don't have to track everything, but I do think that you should track every once in a while, or you figure out a way to shift your mindset, reset everything so that tracking is not related to only losing fat. For me, it's not anymore. And I can say that now because it was, but it's not for me. And I can now make sure I'm eating enough. I make sure that I'm tracking enough protein. I'm getting enough carbs. Believe it or not, I have a hard time eating carbs these days because I'm just in love with all the things, fats and protein, I guess. But, you know, and then some days you get out of balance. You're like, well, why do I feel so funky? Why is my workout so crappy? Oh, because I didn't eat enough of anything yesterday. So tracking really helps with that. And if you can get that into your mind, then you can shift how you think about your nutrition and it's just your, your reality changes. So I guess it's just my way of saying, look, I understand reality versus what you see online a lot of times or what you read in that magazines. Like there are people who, who use this platform or they use their career in fitness to absolutely cover up their disorders, disordered eating, disordered working out, People will move as much as they possibly can, make sure they get all their steps. I don't track steps more than 5,000 every single day. I know five to 10 is healthy. And all I wanna do is just be healthy. It's not like to burn calories. It's simply to just make sure I move my body enough. And too many people out there are trying to track all their calories for cal or their steps for calorie burn. And that's not it. They're trying to track their food so specifically. They're like, I'm prepping for competition. How many people do you see that are prepping for a fitness competition? Never actually make it there because it's hard as hell. And a lot of them only, only doing it to lose weight. I mean, they realize that it's freaking hard and that it's actually hard to lose that weight too and then keep it off. Or they get feeling really bad and they're like, wow, that's not really what I wanted to feel like when I was losing. They don't get there. Because one, it's either too hard to get there or two, they're smart and they're like, that's not exactly the healthiest route I wanted to take. And, or there are people who were like me, people who are who I competed with are still like, I'm going to compete. I'm going to compete. I'm going to compete. And they're constantly cutting. They cut, they gain, they cut, they gain, they cut, they gain. They're not pro. They're not doing this for any other reason than themselves. And it doesn't help your career. I'll tell you that right now. It doesn't help your fitness career. I mean, you might get likes on social, but that's not going to help your career. It doesn't mean you're a good coach because you look amazing, but they use this cutting aspect to keep skinny and hide their eating disorder. And I'll tell you, I don't know, probably 95% of the women I was competing with over the five years all had eating disorders. I mean, I had a conversation with them about that. I'm not saying they did. Many of them would tell me they did and that this helped them. And I'll tell you right now, it was not helpful. I mean, in the end, if they came back to me and told me now they weren't fixed through that, I would not be shocked because it's not helpful. And there's so many people out there who are trainers who are like, I train so I can look good because I have to. Um, it's my job. But Honestly, as a trainer, if you're working a solid six, seven hours a day, you're not working out in those hours. That's not work. You also have to work out in the morning. You also work in the evening. And during that day, you should not be thinking about yourself and your body and your calibre and what you're lifting. So too many people just aren't realistic based in the way that they coach. So if that's their mindset, that they're constantly thinking about their food and their fitness, and they do everything drastically, which I've done, they're not coaching in a way that is sustainable for anyone else. They're thinking that everybody wants to be just as, as die hard as they are. And I'm gonna tell you, I have done that. I have, I've seen old emails when I look at clients who I have now, who've also been with me since like seven or eight years ago. I look at some of my advice, I'm like, dude, you didn't have to weigh that. Like you could have just taken that off. And I do give people options now. If you wanna be this strict and see these goals, yes, you have to be strict. 
Yes, fat loss is a struggle, but it doesn't have to be that much of a struggle if you don't want it to be. And that's where I have learned from my own experience and from watching the train wrecks. Sorry, people, but the train wrecks of trainers and people who call themselves nutritionists too, because I'm only certified in fitness nutrition specialist, right? I'm going to be, we all know that I did nutrition in college. I did the same nutrition that a lot of, um, RDs do in the undergrad. I didn't do the RD. I've talked about that before. I also have the, you know, doctors only get one class and RDs get more, but you know, there's, there's a lot of nutrition education behind it, but there are people out there who've done none of that and try and do people's nutrition because they've competed or they are personal trainers and think they know how to just do someone's macros and then coach them through that. And it's too drastic. It's not realistic. So I've been there and I see it all the time still, which is another reason why I like to get off social media as much as possible, because it makes me not want to do this. It makes me not happy to have to say, okay, I know you learned this, or I know this famous person said that, but once you look at this other famous person who is a, you know, a PhD or a scientist or a researcher and see what they have to say also, you know, it's just like, I kind of have to undo all of that. And I'm grateful for the fact that I did all of that extremeness, but through my coaching, I was still able to realize like this was too extreme. I can't coach people that way. And I, I'm coming full circle now in the end of this podcast in that I understand the strictness. I understand how good that can work for you and how it can backfire. And I understand because I've been there and I have coached strict, but I've also coached very loosely. And that's why I, really, really, you know, gravitate towards this reality-based trainer and nutrition coach, because there are a lot of different realities. One person's reality is they compete a lot in CrossFit and they do want to be real specific with their nutrient timing. I have a client right now who, um, she competes in Muay Thai. So nutrition is very important, but so is strength. And I've got other clients who are trying to get their A1C in order or their cholesterol in order. So my Muay Thai clients nutrition and lifting program is not the reality of a pre-diabetic client who is, you know, trying to work on their nutrition and fitness as well. And that is why I feel like I'm good at it is because I've been strict. I don't live that strict anymore. And I've, I've evolved in the way that I train people and the way I look at people. And I realize not everyone wants to be strict. And frankly, being that hardcore is unhealthy. And that's the bottom line. It's very unhealthy and cutting things out and listening to people who film themselves in grocery stores, telling you what's bad and pointing this out and all these things. I saw some guy, everyone knows him. He did a video in front of a children's hospital about food um, and how it's so toxic and horrible. And let me tell you, as someone who has a child who is in the hospital every three months and because of food things, if my kid is going to eat a chicken nugget, she's going to eat a chicken nugget. I don't give it, I don't care. Like that's the nutrition they need to not be failure to thrive at eight years old. They're going to eat a freaking chicken nugget and French fries. We're going to have burgers because some children, and there are kids out there who are way, you know, way worse off than we are in their health right now. And if you're telling me that there's a kiddo out there that's on chemo and I want a burger when they finish that infusion and this guy's out there like, well, this burger is unhealthy and full of crap. He just fit chemo, give my freaking burger. Like that's the kind of information a lot of us listen to. And I don't know if you hear it as much as I do since I'm, that's, I'm there, but that stuff, that extremeness is unhealthy. Just as much as the extremeness of tracking macros and cutting for competition and then using that same mindset in your daily life, right? Those are different levels of extreme, different worlds. Like 
food toxicity and things, and then fitness competition things. And they're both unhealthy when you bring it to your own reality. They're just unhealthy and it's not real. It's not realistic. So that's, that's where I'm at right now. It's kind of a brain dump a little bit to learn about me um, and why you might see it other places where I say I'm a reality-based trainer. It's definitely still science-based, um, but it's more about that lifestyle aspect. What's real, what's not real, and how realistic is it for you to live? I don't just train one type of person. I, I train and help many types and your reality is gonna be different than the next person's. And so I hope that you take from this that exact thing. Your reality is different from the next person's. So what you see, what you listen to, what you absorb, what you consume, make sure that you're also remembering your own personal reality, your own financial situation, your time availability situation. Do you even like to cook? you okay with packaged food? Like keep that in mind, your own reality and how much you can put towards your health and fitness and how much the person you're listening to puts towards your health fit and fitness. Um, if they make money from it, if, you know, if they live a different reality than you do. So that's what I want you to take from this. That's the thought I want you to have. I hope you learned something. Maybe it was just about me or something about uh, nutrition, fitness, and real life. Um, any feedback you want, shoot me a message on Instagram. And thank you for listening. I will talk with you next time. Do you like what you hear? Did you learn something? Or did I at least get you to think? If you do, please share this on your socials. You just click the share button and you can post a link. You can send it to a friend. If you share it and follow people who do podcasts would really, really appreciate that. It really helps us get out there. I simply want to help people do better, be better and feel better. And I can't do that to lots of people if they don't hear about it. So I appreciate you sharing it. If you are ever curious about what's going on in the stressless lifestyle, go ahead and check out www.stressless-lifestyle.com or follow me on Instagram at Nikki and I C C I underscore stressless one word. And I put all my stuff there. You can find anything you want um, about our stressless nutrition method membership or about the one-on-one -on -one exclusive client relationship that we have. We also have a virtual gym and the virtual gym has all kinds of workouts, programs, set programs, live workouts, as well as all on demand. Well over 500 on-demand workouts for you. You can do whenever or wherever. If you ever have any questions, feel free to email me, find me on the website, send me a message. I'm open to answering any questions you have.